0: Hello and welcome to Cha-Cha Heels. I'm your host, Pete Zayas. And I'm your host, The Black Ken. What are you doing with that magazine? Honey, I can't stop reading it. Uh, it's the National Enquirer and Mariah's on the cover. And it says, Mariah, suicidal, suicidal and insane! <laughs> Put on my cha-cha heels and walk all over you ah. Give me, give me touch a
1: heels All I want is touch a heels Give me, give me touch a heels
0: If I don't get my such a heels I'll walk all over you Give me, give me Well, hello and welcome.
2: Welcome to Cha-Cha Heels. We have
0: an exciting show for you tonight. We have as our guests the producers of the documentary Drag Strip 66, a frockumentary. And they're going to tell us all about it. And we can't wait to hear from them. They'll be on the show later. But first, Mariah Carey is on the cover of the National Enquirer. Apparently her brother has a tell-all where he tells all about Mariah Carey, suicidal and insane, paranoid and deluded pill popping alcoholic rages
2: i mean these are basically all the things we already know about mariah
0: i love that it's always a brother that has something yes. to to say mariah uh, madonna's brother wrote a tell-all book no Ma- mariah's brother has something to tell all that's
2: why you have to watch your brothers the brothers are always the sneaky ones that are trying to write that tell-all book well that's why i'm an only child well yeah you don't have to worry about the tell-all Ugh, i wish
0: i had a brother that would tell all about me i mean it also said says- nobody
2: gives a shit. Okay, what are you looking for now?
0: I want to get more into the article. There's so much in this in this or this particular issue. There's one thing in here about Hollywood bodyguards Unleashed, where they tell all. more tell-alls. Brittany lives on a diet of Taco Bell and Red Bull and it has shows like ta- tacos falling out of her mouth. <laughs> well, I believe that.
2: I do too because remember when she came back from after she shaved her head and tried to kill people with an umbrella. And she did her, she was like barely moving on stage. People were just dancing around her and everyone was staring at her. There you go. Mariah will die just like Whitney. That's what the headline,
0: or that's what the inside. Yes. Article. In a blockbuster interview, Carrie's brother reveals how the dr- how the drink and drug mix is driving her insane.
2: What is her drink
0: and drug mix? I want to know. Oh, apparently she takes pills and champagne. Oh, okay. Wild tantrums and demands as her career tanks. Handlers are keeping mom as she destroys herself. Poor Mariah. Mariah. I hope this isn't
2: true. Poor Mariah. I mean, me and you did a lie detector test and you said that she was crazy. And I agree with you. I think she's a little bit crazy. Well, I don't think you can be that famous
0: without being a little bit crazy. Why is that? I think you have to be a little bit crazy to get that famous. And I think you have to be, then you go even more crazy once you're that famous. So I just think fame equals
2: insanity.
0: And I'm reaching for it. I pray for it every night. Make me crazy and a star. Oh,
2: wow. Okay. Um,
0: I'm halfway there. Yeah. We took a lie detector test for a, a buzz. video. Can we talk about this? Yeah. Okay. We took a, I mean, I'm assuming, I didn't sign any confidentiality agreements, <laughs> but we signed, we did a BuzzFeed video where they t- hooked us up to a lie detector test and me and the black can asked each other questions. So stay tuned for that episode of the video viral series. What? So let's just get into more of these hot topics. Iggy Azalea has pulled out of another show.
2: Yes. You know who that is. That's the hip hop rapping Australian white girl. Well, if they don't know, they're
0: better off. Now, apparently she's ca- she canceled her tour and now she's supposed to perform at Pittsburgh's Gay Pride, but because in the past she tweeted sort of anti-gay tweets, they were a bunch of LGBTQTRCs protesting her. Right. And finally she pulled out, which is, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and it's like, honey, just be happy anybody's showing up at your Gay Pride. Now they'll have anybody to perform for them.
2: What are they going to do?
0: They'll have Lady Lane Fairchild from Mister Rogers' Neighborhood perform because that's where they filmed Mister Rogers' Neighborhood was in Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. at which I would love to see Lady Lane Fairchild from Mister Rogers perform at Gay Pride. Who was she? One of the characters? Yeah, she's one of the the puppets on Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Lady Lane Fairchild.
2: I don't even. Well, look it up. Okay. I want to say, I don't think she doesn't like gay people. I think it's one of those things. See, here's where that thin line is, where gay people say slang to each other and say this and girl and, and oh, fag and this and stuff. And then their girlfriends, who are used to that culture and language, start to use it. And then all of a sudden, everyone wants to get offended. Well, if everybody's you,
0: always offended now. Well, I the thing it. is
2: just like, you, don't be so sensitive about it. Like, Well, if she, she doesn't
0: like gay people, why would she perform with their gay pride? Or the other argument is, she just, she, doesn't like gay people but she's there for the paycheck I'm like does she really need a paycheck that bad I mean maybe she does I mean she sure all that worked on her face it's probably a bill in the mail I know well sh- she's engaged now
2: so she's probably happy
0: she's probably pregnant that's why she's canceling everything and she got married no
2: people just really hate her for some reason I don't know why people like genuinely hate her they say because she has that fake accent when she raps but I kind of feel like every singer changes their voice a little or every rapper changes their voice a little I mean
0: who cares she can speak in any way she wants listen to my voice this isn't my real voice and I choose to use this for dramatic purposes so I don't give a shit I don't mean to make this about me I mean to make this about Beyonce
2: about Beyonce.
0: Well, apparently, the beehives, her fans were in an upset and had Twitter attacked her on Twitter because on Good Morning America, there was a promo p- p- before the morning show. There was on like some nighttime commercial yes. saying Beyonce's going to make a big announcement. Then cut to the next day in the morning. Her announcement was that she's a vegan. Her chef has a book out. Of course. And, um, she, she didn't even show up in the studio to talk about it. She was like, they, she filmed herself on top of a roof. Right. And talked about how her body has changed since she eats a plant based diet. I But honey, they- what about,
2: what does what that wig eat? Well, I think her veganism is only going to last for a short time. And it's going to end after this book is number one. And then she's going to go back to eating fried chicken. Because remember, she,
0: loves, she has she a lifetime supply yes, for, uh, for Popeyes. Popeyes. Yes.
2: And you don't get a body like Beyonce from eating vegetables. So if she wants to keep that body and keep her sex appeal, she needs to stop eating those leaves and start eating some more fried chicken.
0: Oh, Shay!
2: Going from Beyonce to another celebrity, lesser fame, Sherry Whitfield? Do you remember her? Sher- Sherry Sherry Whitfield? Yes. Yeah, she was um she was in the HBO movie back in 1990, Josephine Baker? No, she was in The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, that's right. Right. She, um, remember she had the fashion show with no fashions? Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, she, she, she by, she, she by she Charay. She, be, she by Charay. She by Charay. Yes. Well, anyway, she's in trouble, of course, because she's, the IRS is after her, because she's in debt over $287,000. She went to, I uh, la, 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 to fix her life. Remember when she was in that show? Oh, when
0: she was on Iyana Vanzana? Yeah.
2: Yeah, whatever her name is and uh, to fix her life and she, I guess she didn't fix it because now she has this IRS debt and it won't go away she's nervous and she, her husband isn't giving her money anymore and everything's just falling apart and I really feel bad for her so I think they should invite her back to the Housewives of Atlanta so she can start having another paycheck this
0: is sad it is sad this is so sad
2: I just wanted to bring it out to the audience so that everyone could maybe petition or try to help her and maybe you never know she could get She buy ba- she charade back online oh I
0: would totally wear She by charade. would you wear, wear there's she- a leopard prince and she yeah. Che- cheetah prints yeah oh, i'm all about she it a i tunic? Love to look like i'm i look like a wild animal at a safari that people are hunting me down
2: wait what about a tunic is she had a tunic
0: Or oh, you know i'm about a tunic
2: right she by sheree tunic ah oh, ah oh, yeah i want it okay oh, i want it are you okay also i was thinking about you said the beehives there's a lot of these things going around now uh, there's like the beehive. The lambs. Rihanna Navy. Rihanna Navy. Madonna calls hers now Rebel Hearts. Rebel Hearts. Monsters. Lady Gaga Monsters. What does Jennifer
0: Lopez have?
2: She doesn't have one, but what would hers be? The
0: booties. Z- what I- would Azaleas a- a- be? The Invisibles?
2: <laughs> no, the lizards. Because like Azalea sounds like a lizard. Iggy a- Azaleas would be the lizards. Jennifer Lopez would be the booty. What are shares? Gypsies. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. What does Britney call her... Does she have one already? Oh, Britney's her, uh,
0: Hers are called um, Doctors.
2: <laughs> the MDs. The MDs. <laughs> Christina Aguilera. Hers the are Screamers. Com- the Screams. She loves the The scream. Screamers. The Screamers.
0: Um, Celine Dion.
2: The Titanics.
0: The Heart of the Oceans.
2: Aretha Franklin. The Chains. The chain, Aretha chain, Chains Chains. Franklin's The Buffets. The Buffets. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: can't you can't check that.
2: Oh, till those are forever. Take one home and then unwrap it. You can't strangle it.
0: now welcome back to cha-cha heels we have two guests in our apartment here tonight please welcome to cha-cha heels you
1: guys thanks for having us thanks
0: yeah. please um, tell our listeners who you guys are and what you're here for
1: well we're here because cha-cha heels is fabulous well thank, thank you so much thank i mean you, you didn't have to say that of but course thank no you they did i told them yeah. oh, okay
2: Well, then you had to say it. Well,
1: I'm DJ Paul V, and most people know me as the co-creator of Dragstrip 66 and, you know, other club events that I've done in Silver Lake for the past 20 plus years.
3: And I'm Phil Scanlon, and I'm co-directing a documentary with Paul, which is called Dragstrip 66. The The Frockumentary. Frockumentary.
2: Yes, a
0: frockumentary, not a documentary, because it's about, because people wear frocks. Exactly. It's a subset
3: of a documentary
0: And here's a clip of Mink Stoll and some other folks Talking about Dragstrip 66
3: Dragstrip was A club in the sense that People felt that they belonged And it was very very welcoming And there were always uh, There was always a, a great variety Of people there There were people in drag, there were people out of drag There were straight people, there were very few straight men but there were plenty of women who went there.
1: All these different Gradations and uh, subcultures within a gay or queer community—they all came together. They all had fun together.
3: And even as a girl, I felt okay
0: there. It was fun. See, it's the only place that I know that anybody can just be who they
2: want to be and
0: feel who they want to feel like.
2: We're all freaks, and we all get to like fly our freak flag, and nobody judges anybody here. This was truly the place where you could express yourself and. Be completely
0: bizarre, and everyone would just love you.
2: Right. It lets everybody be who they are,
3: show their creativity. They loved everybody that came through the door. And that feeling of, we're glad you're here, is what made it, part of what made it such a success.
1: We started Dragstrip 66, and it was co-created. It was Mr. Dan, yeah, um, also known as Gina Lotraman. Um, who if you are currently sort of going to theater everybody sees mister dan at the cavern club theater Yeah, he you know he usually does the warm-up mm-hmm. and says hi to the audience before the show uh... but you know dan and i are best friends and we we were really just trying to create a club that we would love to go to because you know if you live in l.a and you're gay your choices at the time this was nineteen ninety three were basically west hollywood or maybe some of the leather bars and we wanted to have a dance club that was friendly that played you know really cool music um and and do something thematically so that it it would it would involve people the patrons to be a part of the whole night so we sort of conceptualized this monthly themed idea so that every month would be a different theme um and the you know the the theme that we would pick would sort of be the touch tone for the night you didn't have to dress exactly in the theme but you could sort of draw upon what we gave you as a theme for your drag or your cross dress or your masquerade or you know however you wanna express yourself um and that really was 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 so great about the club is that we really learned after the first few months that okay the patrons are the party they're the show even though we would put on a show at midnight with our queens and all that the patrons that was as much of, of the show of why you were there than what you got to see on stage. Because all these creative people with, with the way they dressed um, were, you know, it, it created conversations in, in the club, it created interactions that wouldn't have happened without it, you know, total strangers were talking to each other and the drag is what launched that all because you could walk up to someone you've never seen before in your life mm-hmm. and say, oh, you look fabulous. And there's your conversation it's the conversation started, start, yeah. yeah. The icebreaker, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why it, it had this... Everybody said it was the most friendly club I ever went to. I was never judged. There was never attitude. It was like an even playing field, you know, for everybody that was there to participate. What were some of the different themes of the night? Oh, God. I mean, we did like over 200, but, you know, we basically took um, TV, movie, pop culture ideas and sort of mash them up like we did you know victor victoria's secret um <laughs> queen acres um be bitched uh you know we did lots of nights that were sort of nods to john waters yeah. like we, we did a um forever divine night um jocks and frocks, uh, 20,000 queens under the sea. Turban renewal. Turban renewal, (laughs) yeah. Um, How the
3: pimp stole Christmas. I love that.
1: Yeah, we really just, you know, we we love a pun, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was like, let's find something that is sort of self-explanatory. And there was a real kind of science to picking the theme, because you had to pick something broad so that it could be open to a lot of interpretations. And so that people could kind of, like, do their own take on it. Like, I remember somebody said to me, you should do Mary Tyler Moore, season three, the episode of... And it was like, okay, we we all love Mary Tyler Moore, but that's a little one note. It's you very know. specific. Exactly. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So we would do, like, you know, we did Big Top Drag Queen for, like, Circus. Or, um, you know, you, you have to, like I said, you had we had to make it so that it was broad, but not confusing
3: right Right. but I think there was so much creativity involved that even if you threw out something specific the results would be outstanding so I mean it was was a really a great collection of creative types that happened to assemble in Hollywood and this gave it kind of an underground flavor because lots of guys who went there were new to town and had some kind of connection to the entertainment business and it was like a magnet for these creative types of people and their friends so I think you know, there was a combination of factors that drove Dragstrip's success. One of them was the location. The other part, I think, was the historic time period. And I always think, you know, that I missed Woodstock and I missed Studio 54, and I would never go to Burning Man because it's dirty. Yes. But I went to Dragstrip 66, and I feel like that was a, such a pivotal. Event that occurred in Hollywood at a certain time, and it was genuinely an underground club. It it occurred before the time of the internet, so Mm -hmm. people knew about it by word of mouth or perhaps the hotline phone number. But it was, in a very traditional sense, it was underground. And I think you know our goal, what moves us to make this movie, is to give people the chance to understand what a terrific thing happened on this corner of Silver Lake for, you know, 15 to 20 years. It's it's a it's a larger story than just the club and I think it has a lot of inspiring themes and there were so many inspiring people that were involved in this and Paul brings up a great point. They set the stage for something really special, but everybody who came to that space contributed to it and I think that's what distinguishes drag strip as an event. It, it marks it as <clears throat> unique among nightclubs, I think, because it broke the wall between performance right. and participant. We relied on everybody's participation Mm -hmm. to make it special and everybody who went there knew it and you know I I, have never experienced something like that before or since
1: where was it exactly located the first when it first started it was at Rodolfo's of Silver Lake you know we were like looking for like a cool place and so we knew it had to be in Silver Lake we knew Mm -hmm. that wherever we did drag strip it was going to be on the east side it was not going to be in West Hollywood it was not even going to be in Hollywood it had to be on this side of town the east side of Los Angeles um, Which I've always found to be the more creative side
0: of Los Angeles. Everybody well, seems more creative over here.
1: Well, creative and also again the word attitude. You yeah, know,
0: there's less attitude. There's
1: less attitude, and people are more willing for people of color. Yeah, they're more willing for people that are not 25 anymore. Yeah. you know, it's it's a it's a place where you know and there's no age limitation there's no sort of body fascism going on um you don't have to be a muscle queen uh you know
3: (laughs) imagine going to a nightclub and dressing up and inviting people to kind of laugh with you and make fun of you i mean but there was such a safe space that that's what everybody did and because there there was that you know great sense of community it just opened up so many opportunities for friendship and, 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 you know, partnerships and it it just goes on and on and on. It was, it was just really, you you know, unlike any environment that I had been in. And again, I'm going back to Rodolfo's and this special uh, space that it was, it was a series of rooms and it was very low ceiling. So you had the feeling that you were in, in a basement. And I always thought, you know, um, you know, if, if you were a kid whose parents brought you a party and put you in the basement with other weird kids, this is what happened when the parents <laughs> left you alone. Uh, it, yeah. Every
1: every misfit got to party together. That's the other thing is that uh, the and the space was so key. You know, we, our first eleven years were there until we had no choice to leave. But the space was so brilliant because it even though it was a big club with hundreds and hundreds of people packed into it you felt like you were at some friends party you didn't feel like i am going to a nightclub and i'm going you know you felt like you were going to party with mm-hmm. your friends you, you know? weren't just
0: a stranger in a in a club right it was a community and but- i
1: just i do I just want to add you know what phil said about friendships and partnerships i can't even start to list the amount of people who met as total strangers similar to what i said earlier who are you know best friends now and longtime lovers and partners, people that have now gotten married, they met at drag strip. Um, they met, of, did they meet in the wig?
0: Were they wearing wigs?
1: Um, I don't, I mean, well, I'm sure. I, it's, it's, I, I'm sure it's every, I would love that. Love just meet somebody
0: like, and you meet in a wig and get married in a wig.
1: It's, <laughs> it's every possible configuration. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe one of them was in drag and one of them wasn't. Maybe they both were. Maybe they both weren't in drag. You know, it's it's a uh, it's every sort of possible idea that you could think of how they went to the club because we had everybody we had people in drag yeah. not in drag the footage the footage i saw looks amazing mm-hmm. and
0: i mean it looks the the costumes It just oh, looks like, yeah. so fun and i
3: loved you in a wig you looked great in the wig in <laughs> the footage there were amazing shows every yeah. night and mr dan you know customized popular songs Uh, with his own lyrics and you know it was very tongue-in-cheek very transgressive very political and super smart and funny and so again I think it added to the kind of whole underground Berlin pre-war culture of this is really what's going on in Hollywood and you would never experience it through any kind of official channels well, now, were the performances like impromptu,
1: or were they no. like, no? So that's All something right. I want, really want to bring up, and especially give a nod to Mr. Dan mm-hmm. slash Gina. One, our rule from the very beginning was no lip syncing. Mm. We wanted queens to create a persona, a name, and find their real voice and sing. And some of them were, were brilliant singers like Jackie Beat and Varla Jean Merman and you know others we, we would have queens that were not the greatest singers you know they were not like top notch singers mm-hmm. but that didn't matter right. their, their persona and their energy whether it's a, a comedy queen or whatever it is you identified them and Mr. Dan you know so we would have the theme so we would have like four or five songs per show Mr. Dan would rewrite every single song as a parody, rewrite the lyrics so that it fit whatever theme we we're doing. That's awesome. And I, I joke, I call him the Weird Al Yankovic of Drag Culture <laughs> because he was so brilliant writing these these rewritten songs to fit either the gay community or the theme of the night or both. You know, we we and we mocked I have to say, as much as we celebrated all these pop culture um, nods and things. In, in gay culture, we also mocked it to to high hell i mean we We made fun of gay people and gay culture because you have to. You have
0: to. You know, I feel like like now everybody takes
1: themselves so seriously.
0: Oh, it's it's, you know, you can't make fun of anybody.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think even during the shows, they were making fun of themselves as they were performing. They were making fun of people who were part of the promenade, but it was part of you know revering culture Mm. and ridiculing it at the same time. But it was all wrapped in the sense of. You know, recognizing pop culture and, and appreciating the fact that pop culture makes us who we are, mm-hmm. and it's that's our shared uh, reality. Right. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't vicious. It wasn't like you know. And there was a lot of insulting. You know, that's part of our culture yeah. as gay people. Mm-hmm. we you know sh- all shade all teeth. You know? <laughs> but it wasn't. It was never done. The person never walked off stage feeling terrible about themselves. They felt just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Even if the crowd booed them and cater called them, caterwauled them, whatever, mm-hmm. cat called them. And if we did that on stage, because you know the queens would, our queens would be up there on a mic as someone walked out and could have a quip. But that person walked off stage feeling invincible. They no. got to, they got to be in the spotlight and be a star.
3: What everybody is telling us in the interviews, and I think it it. Uh, shows just how much there was an underlying affection between everybody in the club, which began, I think, with Paul and Mr. Dan opening their doors and making it more important to find a great space rather than a, a, a successful commercial venture.
0: Right. You
3: know, so even even if you were ribbed on stage, everybody there felt welcome the minute they walked in the door, and the feedback we're getting from the interviews we're conducting. In support of the film is that you know i was a stranger in town and i walked in the doors of drag strip and i really didn't know what was going on but i felt like home you know so i mean it's a it's it's a similar experience that everybody who went to the club has which is led to its popularity
0: now tell um tell everybody who were some of the performers that did perform at drag Oh boy I
1: mean everybody of note You know Jackie B was kind of Always there Always present um, Miss Coco Peru Holly Woodlawn Sherry Vine Joey Arias Miss Alana uh, Miss Alana Gen- or Gender was part of our Our family Sharon Needles, the original Sharon Needles. I do want to point out. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about because we
0: were watching the 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 Vimeo trailer. It's not a trailer; it's the um, it's a feature. feature It's a feature ad that I was like, "Is that Sharon Needles I was like, (laughs) "She looks so different out
1: of makeup." Let me just say something, Sharon. Our Sharon Needles was created in 1993. And now there was a second Sharon Needles that was part of a of a uh, a real girl. She was a part of a like a punk band in LA, but I'm pretty sure she was after our Sharon Needles. And when we and I love Sharon Needles from Drag Race, don't get me wrong, but it's like girl do a Google search before you pick your name. Well, I mean <laughs> that
0: just is I it's, think is because yeah, I was in, confused like, like, yeah.
1: It's shocking that you would, you would take Somebody's name? But see, you have to remember, again, it goes back to what Phil says about being underground. I'm sure, you know, Sharon Eagles is from Philadelphia. I'm sure she does not know what, or or did not know, what Dragstrip 66 was. Um, However, like I said, a Google search for the name would have brought up either Ark, Sharon, or the Sharon that was in the band. And it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to have a drag name or any sort of stage name, you have to kind of figure out, like, has anyone used this name before?
3: Right, right. So, but anyway, but yeah. So we're missing a bunch of performers. There was a stable of regulars, and Sharon, the original Sharon Needles right. was among them. But there were also many amazing performers, and many of them are not here today. And I'm thinking of right. Saber Summers and Misty Cologne, and there's more. I mean, they were they were so much a part of the heart and soul of Dragstrip. Um, and, you know, we fortunately, we have some... Footage of them performing, which, yeah. and we hope to convey, you know, what we're describing here. It's a combination of, you know, excitement and community and family and support, uh, humor, entertainment, um, and hopefully conveying through sound and images and recollections the experience of being at that club because it it was magic. I mean, it, that's, it was that's a, the best way to explain it. Yeah. It,
1: was a, it was a phenomenon, and this is something that I said to someone the other night. We were talking about the movie, and I said, you know, this movie isn't about me or Mr. Dan. It truly is about everybody who came. Mm-hmm. because." And one of our interviewees says, you know, there will just never be another moment like this because it was a time, and it was a place, and it was an era. And, you know, we started the club in 93 and you know three or four years later is when the HIV cocktails started Mm -hmm. to be introduced and and not only that you know we Bill Clinton was sworn in like literally the week we started so the Mm -hmm. pendulum finally after 12 years Mm -hmm. of of Reagan and Bush Mm -hmm. was going to swing back to to a Democrat and hopefully sort of progressive energy and we were like there it was like okay here's a club starting now maybe this is like a new start for gay people and and back to the thing about you know the cocktails was we had so many friends who were living with HIV who thought they would be dead by 1997 or whatever and finally heard okay you know what you're actually going to be alive mm. so it was just a place at the moment where people wanted to celebrate life together it was a, we didn't think of it at the time you know when we were doing it but looking back we realized like. You know, it, it, we went from as a gay community watching our friends die, you know, yeah. by the hundreds for ten years straight, and and then and, and and other people fearing that death as well, and now they've got a new they've got a chance to live, yeah. and that was a real cause for community and celebration, and so it really connected people on that level too.
3: I think Mr. Dan, you know, would touch on these themes in his in his shows. I mean, he's very politically minded as well as Paul but there was you know even though there was an air of, of of wit and frivolity at the club what underlied that i think was the seriousness of what was going on historically at the yes. time you know people were coming out again people were becoming less afraid to actually meet people it was a, it was a really dark time right. at, then so yeah. I mean, we have to remember you know, the context from which this event sprung. I mean, it was joyous and fun, but it was, I think,
1: you know, a a pendulum swing or response to exactly what was going on. Both Dan and I are very, are and were very inspired by ACT UP Mm -hmm. and by Queer Nation. Mm -hmm. And it's like what Phil said, you know, for all the frivolity and camp of of the songs and the show, there was always a moment of, like either activism or political statement or you know wake up queen and be follow follow current events and don't be apathetic right. and don't be stupid learn you know your history to shape the future and so we we always would slip that in in a way that it wasn't like oh god now they're preaching it was like no it was like you know fist in the air yes i agree you know yes gay community needs to rally together and be powerful and how did you guys promote it back then because you were talking about there was a hotline i want to know more about this hotline so they would call well this is the interesting thing so of course it's 93 so the internet is just you know was was an embryo Mm -hmm. um we had a at that point you could have like a 969 number which was just a recorded outgoing message Uh you could leave messages but it was like hey the next drag strip is on saturday june 12th -hmm. Um, so that was one way we actually rejected doing press mm. because we didn't need more people <laughs> you know we and we had all the right people Yeah, and that's what kills any great club you've ever been to and, and I know people listening can name three or four or five of these moments where an underground scene creates a great club and a great moment it gets popular and then it's either it sometimes is sort of the outsiders quote unquote you know discover it and change the energy of the people that made it great in the first place they ruin it and so those people leave yeah and i feel like if you are popular and you you agree to do press you're really only doing it for your ego yeah because if you don't need people and you have great people make it spe- keep it special for those people cuz those people made you and they would have their membership card, which they yes. proudly showed. Oh, that display. was the, oh, yeah, there's yeah. A membership card. Yeah, we that was the other thing we did to actually curtail people from coming. Oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. And, and I love a that. Great problem to have, but we made um, membership cards that you got one if you if you wore drag, you got a free card. So the next time you came in drag, you would get in faster, and you we always had a discount from the from opening night. If you were in any kind of drag or masquerade or cross dress, you got in for five bucks. And we eventually jacked the cover to $20 to fight off people, the looky loos and the sort of tourists, mm. from coming. Because they were like, 20 bucks. And we would say to them, well, dress and drag, and you'll get in for five. Mm-hmm. And, and it did work, it, it inspired people to just. Do anything. Just, no, just put and a just $3 wig on wrap and wrap like a sheet
3: around your head or Exactly, somewhere. exactly. And they never said once they put that cheap wig on, Wow, I wish I never did that. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't take the wig off them after that. Yeah.
1: right.
3: <laughs> yeah, so. Changed,
0: you've changed them for, for good. Yes. You know, for well, the better.
3: Exactly. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with why it lasted for 20 years. I, uh, I know that we haven't talked about the change of locations, but I think the, it lasted that long based on the feedback of the patrons who pretty much demanded that it continue in one form or another. And fortunately, I was able to connect with Paul before the actual finale, uh, the 20th anniversary, which was the last iteration of Dragstrip. Um, I was able to connect with Paul and approach him about the idea of a documentary. So because... Uh, we were able to work on it together we were able to shoot the finale so right. we have lots of great footage of the show and the people who were there to you know, to, to recognize and celebrate drag strips so I think, uh, you know the, the documentary I think will tell the story full circle from the very beginning to the very end
1: I, so just, I just want to add one mm-hmm. quick thing about what I was saying about, um, you know your fan base we were so lucky that people trusted us you know, they they put their trust in us and they knew that we weren't we never created drag strip to get rich, you know. We we were able to like pay our bills with it, but we if we if we did it to get rich, we never would have done the discount. Mm-hmm. We never would have really catered to getting drag queens in first. Um, and people knew that. And that's that's a big part of when you do what we do when you're a club promoter, mm-hmm. is, is that trust. Um, and I, and again that's why people stuck with us and and said you know we want to keep supporting these guys cuz they they're giving us something great that we really you know love and respect and so it's a, it was an interesting dynamic to to really do that for people and again that wall that fourth wall didn't exist we we we, we may have been the people that happened to have created the club and put it on but the our fr- our friends were our patrons our patrons were our friends mm-hmm. even if we didn't know them you know when you were in the club you were considered our friend. Paul
3: played incredibly eclectic fantastic movie music that everybody really clamored for because you never knew what music was going to come on next and the dance floor was always packed it was like as a group we were saying bring it on we'll dance to anything just surprise us bring us more and then you know the drinks were fantastic oh my god the shows were so you know custom made for that audience for that date it was you know it was very topical it spoke about subjects in the news, you know, it, it it drew on the themes and of course the promenade which welcomed everybody up on stage to show off their creation, you know, it was all such a great mixed bag of different things and you know it was And
1: everybody got something different out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, some people came for the music some people came for the extremely lethal strong drinks mm-hmm. some people came because we had the hottest guys and could get laid and it was so packed wall to wall you know you'd just be standing there in your square foot of space waiting for a drink or whatever and you're rubbing and touching against someone whether you want to or not so like we there was a there was a whole part of the club where, like oh my god these are the hottest guys and i'm gonna get laid you know, and there's a great show, and it's so,
3: so fun, and it's right. And I always said you could never be falling down drunk there
1: because <laughs> it's
0: just too crowded. Yeah. to allow that to happen. That's true. Now, why did what happened? Why did Drag, 60, drag uh, Strip sixty six end?
1: Well, there's two versions of the word "end." Okay, the reason we left Rodolfo's is, is that in two thousand and four, there was a um, uh, fourth Saturday Gay Salsa Night. And it was a couple that did it. Well, the couple broke up, and uh, one of them stayed to continue doing it. The bitter ex-boyfriend tried to launch a competing gay salsa night. A competing gay salsa night. I love it. (laughs) But what he did was he started to call the fire marshal. Every single Saturday night. Oh, my
0: God. Now,
1: you have to remember, okay, were we over capacity pretty much every time? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. But it was never dangerous. Mm -hmm. It was never like, you know, people getting trampled to death. The fire marshal would come to every single Saturday event, including Dragstrip. They were like, we're shutting you down. You can only allow 100 people to enter this room from now on. You know, Dan and I were like, well, do we just, you know go home with our tail between our legs and say well that was fun but now it's over or do we try to reinvent it we really we knew that it would never be exactly the same mm. it just could never be but but do, w- will our crowd still want to gather together once a month for a, ver- a new version of Dragstrip 66 and so we went to the we moved it to the echo uh, which wasn't far from where we were um and we lost a lot of people we had people that would flat out say, "We love you guys. Dragstrip's amazing, but it's not Dragstrip sixty six if it's not at Rodolfo's, So we're going to sit it out." Um, and so it, it hurt. You know, it hurt. It hurt our attendance. And people would say, "Why did you leave Rodolfo's?" And like, do you think we ha- do you think we had a choice? Yeah, you know, right. why would we even possibly leave on our own volition? You know, it'd be ridiculous. So. There are some people today that still think, I wonder why they left Rodolfo's. And we're like, girl, what, I mean, <laughs> come on. Even though some parties are in a different place every time, you go into it knowing that. Us people were wanted a, a set place that the newer it was, and the more you sort of jerk people around, and that's how people felt. So it really hurt us. But it was it was one of those things. It's like out of your control. Right. You can't control permitting from the city. No. You know, there's always delays, so it was hard. You know, and we we forged on, knowing that we still had something great to offer. It was still a unique party. It wasn't Rodolfo's, but it was still Drag Strip. It was still all the elements were there, except for the venue changed. Um, and we do get a lot of new people. You know, like it's we started to get people like Adam Lambert hmm. started to come from the Echo on. Um, he actually performed at Drag Strip at one of the Raw parties I told you about with Ms. Alana. He was Ms. Alana's backup singer before anybody knew who he was. And I remember during the show, like he had this one moment where he got a little bit of like a, a solo. And I'm like, wow, that guy can really sing. He's great i had no idea you know i didn't know his name but you could see his star quality oh <laughs> yeah. Ab- oh yeah and then like i don't know it was like two years later he american was on american idol. idol you know and then you also they also you
0: guys also had like a bunch of rupaul drag race contestants before they were on oh yeah rupaul
1: yeah we had um detox we had willem we have we have a we have video of willem at Rodolfo's, is it going to be in the movie? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, we have video of Willem. Like, I think probably one of his first year, probably in as Willem. As Willem, yeah. Um,
3: we had all kinds of celebrities there, not just drag queens. No, yeah, but you I mean
1: love, you mean performing? performers? Performers yeah.
0: So yeah, I want to know also who, what celebrities came there. Oh, there's a great long list. Do you want me to just rattle them off? Well, yeah, but do you have any any like it? Was there any like moment like did they anything that sticks out in your mind of them doing? Well, I mean, they're black. <laughs>
1: Well, Karen Black. We oh had, my listen god! To this. So our second event ever, nine, uh, February of '94, was the Karen Black Valentine Ball. Now you're probably too young to remember Room two, 222 and the actress Karen Valentine. No, two, I well, don't know. Yeah, I well, know. I know Karen Black, <laughs> and I love Trilogy
0: of Terror when she's being used yeah. right, by that right.
1: But so w- f- we we did a little <laughs> mashup. We we did Karen Black Valentine Ball. So we had images of Karen Black and images of Karen Valentine. I made a six hour video loop of just the doll attacking her. Oh god, okay? I love it. And there was we made this thing where there was like a like a, a hole, like a big round hole and you could peep your head in for Karen Vision. Like we literally had a sign called Karen Vision. And when you peeped your head in, you got to watch the doll attacking her. <laughs> so I don't know, it's like eleven o'clock and someone comes running up to me, oh my god, Karen Black is here. And her hairdresser had come and heard about it. <clears throat> so I was in the DJ booth, but Gina went and talked to her. And her, the whole time she was like, but why me? Why me? Why are you doing this? And Mr. Dan was like, honey, why not? And, <laughs> and and she just was kind of dumbfounded. She, like, she, so she didn't get it?
3: No, yeah, she, she was super took, sweet it, about it. Yeah,
1: no, she, she didn't get it at, at first. And then, and then she hung out and, and could see. And again, it goes back to that... Yes, we're celebrating you, but yes, we're going to use, you know, probably the part of your career that is not uh, number 1 in your ID, IMDb, right. mm-hmm. which is Trilogy of Terror, but for us, that's your number 1 movie. Exactly. You know, so so she she was great, but we had we had Roseanne Barr came um, Drew
3: Barrymore,
1: Drew Barrymore, Tracy Lords, Perry Farrell, Marilyn Manson, Ian McKellen with oh, wow. with um, Alan Cumming the two of them came together Pedro Almodovar uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers um, uh, Claire Danes um, the two Heathers who came together Heather Graham and Heather Matarazzo um, did I say Tracy Lords? Mm-hmm. Um, Ming Stoll who eventually nice. became a friend and became a performer.
0: And I saw, yeah, I saw her a little bit of her talking in the featurette, yes. and I can't wait to see more of what she has to say about that. She performed a marriage on stage at drag strip.
1: She oh, actually has the distinction of the last drag strip that we got to do with a hundred people in the room in uh, March of two thousand four. We did, I think it was my big gay drag wedding, and she is an ordained. Minister, so she officiated gay marriages, mm. way before gay marriage was even like, you know, <laughs> in two thousand and four, it was like, yes, we can get gay married in our imagination. Yeah, you know, it was not even a concept at that point.
0: has always been ahead of the curve. Oh yes, yeah, always.
1: great, yeah, great person.
0: I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to, for everybody to see it. So, what's next with the movie?
3: Well, if you want to learn more about it before we actually. Uh, finished production, we're creating all kinds of little clips called Dragstrip 66 Seconds, and we're posting them on YouTube. So if you want to get a glimpse of what the night was like at Dragstrip, you can you know, take a little trip down memory lane and see the clips that we've assembled in these very short pieces and they're only Ooh. meant to be little snacks for right. people to kind of get a feel for what's mm-hmm. going on um and we will continue to post there we also have a website so uh, what's just the um, website
1: uh, yeah let me let me be the one that gives all the urls <laughs> well uh, we're everywhere here's you need to follow us everywhere so on facebook it's dragstrip66 follow us on twitter at dragstripmovie then the web this website dedicated to the movie is dragstrip66thefrockumentary dot on YouTube it's dragstripfrockumentary Google Plus dragstripfrockumentary eventually now we're here because you know for the next 66 days or until August or so our crowdfunding page we need to raise sixty six thousand dollars in 66 days so we're on a new platform called tube start so if you go to tubestart, that's t u b e s t a r t dot com, and search for dragstrip for documentary or just dragstrip sixty six, you can donate. You can also, if you want to type in a shortened link, it could be bit.ly slash dragstrip movie. Um, and anything people want to give would help us so much. We're even, you know, the fact that we're even here at, at this point in the film is because of so many donors we, we had an original kickstarter campaign you know last year um, and we raised two thousand over what we were seeking so we you know people have helped us out so much so
3: right and we need um, to raise much a much larger amount this time to get us to the finish line so we raised a short amount small amount with the understanding that it would only get us so far and I right. think we've stretched our dollars so well <laughs> that we've we've really come a long way. Yeah. So this is our second much larger campaign and this this one uh you know is a, much more important to us because it's the the amount we raise is going to impact the quality right. of the the product that we're going to offer the world and I think that if anybody ever participated in drag strip or knows about it then I think what we want to do is make a documentary that they will be proud to tell their friends that they were part of mm-hmm. so i mean we're we're being very deliberate in, in the way we're going about this and you know if it takes longer than we anticipated then we'd much rather sacrifice the time to get it done right and you know you can, you can certainly follow us on facebook you know just do a first search on facebook for uh, drag 66, 66 and then like us and post and well know. i
1: just want to add to for younger people you know there's i'm sure there's queens that are, or gay people or straight people who are 25 years old now that were 5 years old or 3 years old when we started this club and we want them to know again it's about this being aware and about history that you know we're part of why RuPaul's Drag Race is in everybody's living room today you know it's all part of a movement it's all part of history and nothing exists in a vacuum you know and we feel like It really isn't just an important story. You you, you don't need to know a lick about who we are or what we did or any of the people involved. But it's like, again, it was this perfect storm in the 90s. You know, why did this club, how did this club last for 20 years? And why is it so beloved? I mean, people who have been there will tell you
3: without any prompting, how wonderful it was and on a very personal level. Yeah. I mean but also just talking about history, um, from watching the video and talking to you guys, you can really
2: see that it was the blueprint for so many clubs now that are happening like, you know, you made it possible for these other Things to be around, do you know what I mean? So it's important to watch to get this film made for people, to people, so people can see it to know it came from something. You right. know, what I mean, it's it's all like you said, a part of something. That's right. You know and we, I
1: mean? al, we we always say, you know, every generation stands on the shoulders of the generation before them. You know, we we stand on the shoulders of the Cockettes and and John Waters, seventies um, television. You know, we we that we took a torch before us. Lit it and said, "Okay, now it's 1993. What What's our version of what we're doing? And our torch has been passed because a generation's happened. We're 20 years later. That's a, a generation. So now that that torch, and we're thrilled that that torch still burns in the hands of young people who are doing their version of." you know gender expression and drag and and gay pride and all these things that need to conver- keep converging for the gay community
3: right i always think maybe there's somebody in india or the middle east or africa mm-hmm. who you know thinks that you know things are happening somewhere else but where they are i'm hoping that they get an idea from this movie that there's all kinds of things are possible I mean if you if you do a really nice mix of great music and great people and in a nice space that attracts the same type of people regardless of their age or their background I think what united everybody at Dragstrip was the same spirit for living you know and it doesn't matter how old you are or what you look like if you have that if you have that philosophy of life um, then you'll find that community because it's much larger than just Hollywood. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we have to,
0: you know, document our history because if we don't do it, no one else is going to do <laughs> That's it. That's right.
1: Yeah. And, and again, it's, you know, we feel like so much of our history is whitewashed and sort of not talked about, period. That's true. You know, and you're right. If, if we don't tell the story and don't share it and let people know that, again, we all stand on someone else's shoulders and always salute... The people that have come before you, you know, we joked about gay marriage. Now, all these things that are happening now, I never thought I would live to see them. But again, it's all—it's all part of what people have. It's Harvey Milk, you know. It's—it's it's divine. It's—you um, know—it's all these people that that either had a, a platform and used it for good, and used it to speak, and used it to educate. And yes, you can do that in a nightclub setting. You can have you can be drunk and messy and a big old drag queen and, you know, maybe be groping a hot guy, but even even in all that, there's still gonna be some message of solidarity and, and politics and education and pride, I guess you could say. And freedom of expression. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we have to keep that going. And do you I I mean I wish drags I wish it was still Around because I would love to see Caitlyn there. You know who Caitlyn yes, is. Yes, today Caitlyn. Caitlin. Caitlin, Caitlin
1: Bruce Jenner is was Caitlyn
3: ever at Everett Drag Strip. I don't know if he ever
1: was no, there. As no.
0: I, I, he well, might at maybe, least we don't know. I bet you any money he was there. <laughs> I would think he was there in a taff can and a wig.
1: We we actually I want, I do want to add this. We had a lot of trans you know women, and they felt comfortable even though you know we all, we would use the word tranny. Um, and Back now then, you could, you can't use
0: it anymore. There's all these damn
1: right? But we had a big trans. Uh, we were very popular with a lot of the trans girls, even though you know if you call them a drag queen, you you would be kind of insulting them because they're not drag queens. Right. They are living as mm-hmm, women. Mm-hmm. But we did try to actually educate people. Like a drag queen is not a transvestite, is not a transsexual, mm-hmm. is not transgender. You know these are these are all absolutely completely different. from each other they're Mm -hmm. not the same thing and the media tends to just lump it all together like if if you're a man dressed like a woman you're either all those things together and it's not so we were glad that trans women felt comfortable there too even though you know again it was kind of a not a mockery but you know we were you know we we were making fun of drag and, yeah. and and women not making fun of women it was it was a heightened version it's you ask camp. any drag queen of what they are they don't tell you Oh, I'm trying to be the most pretty, petite, perfect woman. I am, though. We're not dressed up like a woman. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you can get away with it.
0: No, I mean, I, I always, I always enjoy the funnest drag queens. I enjoy are the ones that are messy. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, yes. like with yeah. the messy dress and the smeared lipstick. Yeah. I mean, that is more interesting. That was our aesthetic. That was really, the drag, Yeah.
1: We weren't the Fish Club. Yeah. Our, you know, we our our drag at Drag 66 wasn't about. The passing queen, we got them. Yeah. You know, we got the glamour girls and the pageant mm-hmm. girls, but ninety-five percent of the looks that we got were like, slap on a wig, don't even shave your face, booger drag, mm-hmm. three-dollar dress from Goodwill, combat boots. You know, it was like radical gender fuck. Whatever I'm telling you, I am. I am. I, I am not trying to make you believe right. that I am a mm-hmm. woman. You People know,
3: were swapping out their dresses and wigs on the dance floor. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think was, you know, was the, height, a, the height of uh, admiration is to be asked to, you know, wear your wig. Yes. <laughs> can I borrow your purse? It was, yeah. it was
1: highly
0: unsanitary, but we loved it anyway. <laughs> yes. That's a good party though when you can swap a yes. wig. Absolutely.
3: Yes. Yeah. All with love. I mean, all with love and support. You know, it's really the great, great vibe.
1: Another um, little detail, too, is that I feel like we were also part of a bigger movement in the 90s that happened a little few years later at Squeezebox in New York City, and same thing with Tranny Shack in San Francisco. We were all kind of saying to the gay community, yes, Virginia, you can go to a gay bar and hear rock and roll mm-hmm. and hear alternative music and, not, and be welcomed and, and be a freak. We actually celebrate you, the freak. So please come be a freak with all the rest of the freaks and the misfits. And I saw Michael Schmidt the other night, who did Squeezebox, and I said, you know, first of all, I want you to, I, we want to interview you, you know, because you were there doing it in New York. And, and how important it was that there was something that you could offer that wasn't just, and you know, drag queens lip syncing to Mariah Carey, you know, there's another way to do it. Yeah.
0: And I like to lip sync to Mariah Carey's that song Infinity that's her new song have you heard it Infinity I I, I am she lip syncs to that song she can't sing her own songs anymore I know poor thing poor thing I
1: was never a Mariah I was never uh, but I'm a rock and roll queer I was never into the divas some of them I was but that was uh, again it was like in 93 I'm like are there any other rock and roll fags that want to come dance to Hole oh I love Courtney Love and Hole
0: yeah so Uh, I didn't get into Mariah until she went crazy. That's, that That's when it gets interesting. That's yeah, when I, I only get course. into those women when they get nuts. Otherwise, who cares? Right. <laughs> Speaking of musty drag queens, those women, Mariah. Well, how much of the movie left do you guys have to do? Is it all shot? Or do you just have to do post-production? Or is it you guys still filming some more interviews? And
3: We're going to film more interviews, but I think we're going out of the production phase and into post-production. Okay. So we're almost cross, cross that threshold completely but we still have some more shooting to do.
1: Yeah, we we're, there's a few actually of, of the celebrities that have sort of said they might do it and it's just trying to nail them down yeah. and we ran out of money before now to, to, to lock down dates with them so we're hoping that if we, you know, knock on wood, make our goal, that we can set up an interview date and get a few of the people that went, you know, of note because let's face it Yes, this this documentary is not about them, but to sell it and get the thing seen, it helps to say, and we've got Perry Farrell, or right. we've got Drew Barrymore, or you know a, a couple of others that we're trying to get. So we are trying to do that, and we're going to need this funding to you know set up a, a a great shoot and make it quality and all that. And we have to interview our staff, and there's a lot of people that now that we've got a bit of the narrative and how we're going to shape the story. Now we want to sit down with the principal people and some of the performers and get their take on their participation or what they thought of the club. Yeah, just search everywhere for Drag Strip 66.
0: And they look the footage looks great and we you we need to have this movie out. We need to have, people need to see this who weren't there and this needs to be captured and held forever. Donate to tubestart.com so they can finish the movie and Keep it going I it think like it's going to be awesome I, it, The footage I looks, looks like, great You guys have to it. see the footage um, It looks great And I want to see this on the big screen And I'm sure it will be like At all the film festivals I'm sure they will get in That's our goal yeah. yeah
1: We really You know we, When we when we came together To make the movie We said even if it's just seen By people that went to drag strip, We've achieved a great goal But let's not stop there We really want this to be A legitimately Excellently produced quality real movie seen by you know millions if possible that
3: will inspire everybody i mean not right. just the lgbt community but everybody cuz i think there's a really strong universal story in here awesome. and we're, we're going to you know make sure that when people see this they understand more about the LGBT community but they feel inspired about the possibilities of life
0: yeah That's and see it. other sides of life and not just what's you know presented right. in mainstream media hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for being on Cha Cha Heels. I'm so excited for you guys. Thank you. And uh, my our listeners, please donate and check out all of their links that they have given, and I'll put them up on our blog as well. Fabulous. And thank you guys so much for being in our apartment with us today. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Cha Cha Heels. Chacha Heels. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Remember her life.
2: Let's start. She was born. She grew up. She served in a fall church. She married another jockey. She ran off and she was having sex with a young boy. And then she died smoking dope. That went not a lie. Oh, y'all forgot. Going to hell. The end. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what well, words of wisdom. Yes. What a wonderful church person. Yes. They're always so nice and uplifting. They and are so
2: nice. That's what I love about church people. There's nice, non judgmental people. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you to our guests, Paul and Phil the producers of the documentary
2: drag, drag strip 66
0: a fracumentary. and I have all of their links and information on our chacha heels podcast dog com. that's
2: a lot to say it's a mouthful you did a gun job Damn.
0: email us at Chacha Hills podcast at gmail.com follow mm-hmm. me on Twitter Pete Zias, Facebook Pete Zayas. Instagram, Pete Zayas. YouTube, the Teddy Teddy Show. Go to my Facebook page, Friday Night with Crystal. Do I have anything else?
2: That's it. I think you covered all avenues of social media. Uh, follow me on Instagram at is my name and at Booty Pop Queen, hashtag Booty Pop Queen.
0: Oh, and we hope you learned something here tonight. Oh, I it was so too. wonderful. Well,
2: because you know, he
0: did it. Oh, no, I didn't learn anything. But right. I, I haven't learned anything since 92. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I haven't learned anything since 92.
2: Well, they say everything goes in a circle. Well, so vote maybe for Clinton. So, yeah. See, it's a circle. 92, yeah.
0: he was elected, and we're back again with another Clinton. There you go. So, vote for Clinton.
2: Vote for Clinton. You gotta love this. Ooh, you can't touch this. Because I'm a bad bitch. this. We hit the elevator right up to <laughs> <in> the rooftop. <laughs> I just wanna have fun tonight. Bitch, <laughs> uh, we <laughs> uh, uh, yeah.
3: fun tonight. Bitch, wear cha cha heels. Cha cha, cha cha. I
0: better get those cha cha heels. Okay, let's focus.